0: The volume.
1: The Draymond Green Show is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to bet the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. It's easy to use, it's safe and secure. You get payouts in as fast as two hours. There's so many bet types. My favorite same game parlay bets. There's live betting, player props, futures. If you're new, Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. To get started now, sign up. Please use the promo code Colin. C-O-L-I-N. FanDuel Sportsbook makes it easy.
2: When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that!
5: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Draymond Green Show. This is our 18th episode. That's right. We have as many episodes as LeBron James has All-Star appearances, which is incredible, especially speaking of what he's been doing as of late, which we'll get into. But um, before we get into that, we have another All-Star guest, which, like I said, we kind of making it a thing of having All-Stars and Hall of Famers. I don't know. It's it's, it's pretty great. So I, I am, number one, from um, myself, uh, from my producer Jackson, we want to say thank you to all the guests that have come on the show uh, up until this point. It's been incredible. Um, each episode is special in its own right. You're getting something different from each episode. At least that's what I hope because I'm getting something different from each episode. And Like I like I always say, I enjoy these conversations just as much as I hope uh, our listeners and enjoy the conversations i i learn from them Uh, i think it's for me it's always good to see in someone else's psyche and see what other guys are thinking and and how they're thinking so today we will have the pleasure of having all-star bradley bill um coming on today he's obviously um had a stoppage in this season due to injury uh, coming off of wrist surgery uh but uh, more importantly In my opinion, one of the most underrated guys in the NBA. Like, if you look at Bradley Bill and what he's done in his career, if I'm not mistaken, um, actually, I am not mistaken. I am certain he's a three-time All-Star. If you know anything about basketball, Bradley Bill's in his 10th year, you'd think Bradley Bill has way more All-Stars appearances than three. And so that's why I say he's one of the most underrated players in my opinion. If you play against him, you know you get in the bucket. However, he can give it to you. However you want it, Brad Bill give you that. Off the dribble, off the catch and shoot, off a pin down, in the post, to the cup. He's giving you that. So I'm excited to have Brad Bill on. Obviously, uh, you know, he has a player option coming up this summer. So we'll talk a little free agency. We'll talk what he's seeing and thinking for his future, as we all know that's important. And I mean, do you see the movement that's going on in the NFL? If the NFL never has movement in their offseason, ever. Like, guys getting traded left and right, that it never happens. So that has to be lining us up for a great NBA offseason because there's always movement. NBA offseason is a thing. I think this is great for the NFL, by the way, um, to have this movement and exciting. Like, it's the first time that the NFL has gone into the offseason and, like, gave us something to talk about for real. Like, you you know, you see signage here and there, but it's just not as much movement. And so to see these guys on the move like this and all the reshuffling going on in that league, I think is incredible. And so, uh, you know, as we're seeing that, we'll get a chance to hear what Brad Bill is thinking for his offseason coming up, and how he's preparing for free agency, how he's embracing it. Uh, we'll get to hear all that good stuff. So, But before we get to that, as you know, we got to go around the association, starting with the Warriors, our team, my team, three-game slump. Number one, until Jackson told me, I didn't even notice we're in a three-game slump because the reality is, at this point in the season, the, I, I care less about um, whether we win or lose a game. Uh, because ultimately, this is about preparing yourself and getting ready for uh, to the playoffs in a stretch run. So I had no idea we actually had lost three in a row. In saying that, I think, as you as you may have heard in my press conference after the Orlando Magic game, I think, you know, a large part of that is is us getting pumped. And, you know, I said that uh, I'm, I said that to my teammates. So I'm not afraid to say that. And what I didn't say in the reality is, is that falls on me. That's my category. That's where I excel. That's where I lead. I have to be better at that. I can't let that happen. So that falls on me. I know someone asked me last night, like, well, you know, would would that be different if Steph Curry is in a game? And the answer is no, it wouldn't be because that's not Steph Curry's duty. So if I'm, if I failed at that currently, no matter who's on the floor, Steph Curry's not coming to make us tougher. That's not what Steph does. That's what, not what I'm ever going to allow Steph to do. That's not Steph's role. So that falls on me regardless of who on the floor. You can't be out-toughed. Like, you got to be tough. You got to meet the level of physicality. And like I said, the playoffs are coming up. So meeting the level of physicality is more important than any, more important than anything. Being mentally strong is more important than anything. And I think that's two areas that our team has been lacking in. And we need to pick it back up. We've shown that we can be um, good in those areas. And I think it's it's very important that, you know, heading into uh, mid-April that we get that back. And And like I said, that's on me. I'll make sure we get that back. So that's, you know, and I think that leads to other things, right? Like that leads to the turnovers. That leads to the missed shots. Like that leads to... Um, going eight minutes and scoring two points or whatever it was. Like that, all of those things are a byproduct of just being out tough and another team being more physical than you. So I'll take that on the chin. That's on me. Um, Everybody talked about, oh, Draymond, get back. It'll change a lot of things. It hasn't. And, and the reality is, is I know it can change things. It should change things. So I will change things. So. Uh that's where I am uh as far as our three games something go. Obviously, you know, yesterday it was released that I was fined $25,000. At this point, I I really don't care um ab- about the fine or whatever. Like I got suspended from game 5 of the NBA Finals. Like that was the absolute worst thing you could do to me. The last thing I care And I got fined for that. I'm not sure if I've told if I've told this story before, but I got fined for that. Getting suspended from game five of the finals. Now, mind you, you're not paid for the playoffs. Just so you guys know, like, say on average for a guy who's on a max contract, on your per game per salary, I mean, your per game salary or game check, let's go roughly 200 grand, okay? Could be a little higher, could be a little lower, but just go 200 grand for a for an even number, to give you some perspective. If you win NBA Finals, I think your bonus is like 330 grand or something like that, which is a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. But in comparison to playing one game and making 200 grand, it's not a lot of money because that's, seven, that's at least 16. If you sweep the playoffs, that's 16 extra games. So you do the math. It doesn't add up. I was actually fined a game check for missing a game that I actually don't get paid to play in. So I think, if I'm not mistaken, that fine at the time for me was like $156,000 or something like that. Um, and so to be fined is $25,000. It's like the worst thing that you can do to me, you've already done. Like, so I really don't give a damn. Especially when I can go home at night and sleep and know that ultimately I got a tech for saying, come on. And walking the other way saying, come on. And then I, I, I received a second technical file for, for saying, come on, Marat, you know that was terrible. No profanity, no, none of that. But then it's put out that, oh, Draymond had a, uh, a profanity-laced um, thing with the official, and he's fined $25,000. But let's talk about the two technical files that I used absolutely no profanity to receive. So I don't know. I don't understand. I don't really get off into it. I really don't appeal technical files anymore um, or none of the fines or anything because you're appealing to the same person that gave you the fine. Like you're you're appealing to them. So you're not gonna listen to the interview a second time or watch the thing a second time and be like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna change that. Like that that don't make sense to me. It's it's actually one of the most backwards processes that I can even think of. I mean, you think, you know, if you go to court and you get a judgment from the judge and then you appeal that, you don't go back to the same judge and ask that judge again, hey, um, you think you wanna change your mind on what you already decided? Like, you you just don't do that. So I've never understood that process. Because I don't understand the process, I just don't bother to waste my time anymore. it is what it is. Like, it comes with the territory. Like I told them, it's probably not, it's 1,000% not the first time that I've been fined. Um, as I think at this point now, I've probably been fined over north of a million dollars in my career or somewhere close. Um, it's definitely not the first time I've been fined. And I'm almost certain it won't be the last. So... It is what it is. Um, I am me. I'm not changing that for anybody. I'm always going to be me. You take it or leave it. It's gotten me this far. It'll get me much further. So not tripping on that. And we got to talk about one of the goats, my big brother, LeBron James, passing Carl Malone on the scoring list for number two all time. Absolutely insane. You know why it's so insane? Because no one even considers LeBron James a scorer. That's what I think is extremely impressive is this guy isn't even considered a scorer, yet he's sitting at number two all time, and it's only a matter of time before he passed Kareem. Absolutely insane. And then he followed that up going back to Cleveland, 38, 12, and 11, and oh, my God, K-Love. By the way, we got to have K-Love on the show. Um, one of these days, but oh my God, K. Love, Jesus Christ! I think I, I think Brian owe you some good wine for that one, my brother. As there's no way, come on now, Brian. There's absolutely no way. Like, like Brian, you had enough reaction time to realize, like, oh man, that's K. Love. Like, I'm, I'm not about to do that. Not put your foot in his stomach and climb him and get the extra boost and look at the rim and throw it in there. And then I, I, what I will say is if it was me, Kayla, I would have turned around and looked at you and like all oh, type of shit. At least Bron looked at the crowd. But like I tweeted or I put on Instagram story or something, like 38, 11, 12, and 11, power dunk, like – we knew, we knew this was happening. Like it's it's no surprise that LeBron goes back to Cleveland, puts on that show, the Lakers get a win. That was no surprise. If you, if you if you saw that LeBron was going to Cleveland and that surprised you, shame on you cuz it did not surprise me at all. I mean, Cleveland is having a good year. Shout out to uh the the Draymond Green show alumnus Darius Garland they are having an incredible year absolutely love what they're doing but it's LeBron going back to Cleveland like we all know how that goes so I mean that 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 really just capped an incredible week uh, for Bron you know and and what and what he's been able to accomplish man I mean I, I take my hat off to that brother as as someone who's had battles with him. Um who's played in finals against him and and really understand um you know his process and and what he does and and how hard it is to beat him and how incredible he is, my brother, I take my hat off to you, man. I mean, it still baffles me that as much love as you get, you still don't get the love that you deserve and I guess that's a part of it they say uh but as a brother, but even more importantly than a brother in this situation, as a competitor, as um, someone who's gone up against you now for the last 10 years, hats off to you, bro. And nobody else ain't gonna give you your flowers, my man. I give you all the flowers in the world because you deserve them, bro, from what you've done for the game of basketball, for the African-American community, for us as basketball players and the freedom that you've taken hits for and helping everyone else get to where we are today. I take my hat off to you, bro. The chosen one had that tattoo, I don't know, since high school that I know of. Like, to actually come in the NBA with all of that hype and like, not, not only, like, like, you didn't live up to the hype. You know what I'm saying? Like, most people don't live up to the hype. And to come into the NBA as the most hyped basketball player of all time and to exceed the hype, to exceed what they thought you were going to do and they thought you would be one of the best, to exceed that is absolutely incredible. And the way you exceed it is as... As incredible as it is as a, as a basketball player that you are, you've exceeded that in business, you've exceeded that and, um, like I said, changing the way we operate in this business. Uh, you, you've achieved that by by your entire team, your entire family, y'all, like our entire family, all winning at the highest level. Like you've achieved so much, bro. And like I said, as, as a friend, as a brother, as a competitor, I take my hat off to you, bro. They ain't never been done like you. And I don't know if in, in my lifetime it'll ever be done again. So to be able to witness that, it's been incredible, bro. And saying that, I'm still trying to kick your ass. But no doubt, man. Congrats to LeBron, second all time probably in 50 more games or so, 50 to 70 games or so, he'll be first all-time, and I can't wait to see that. And I hope, Steve Kerr, I'm throwing this out there right now, if LeBron James is passing an all-time scoring record and we have a game, I'm going to LeBron's game and witness history. So that's what we're doing, Coach Kerr.
4: So if if LeBron, or not if, when LeBron passes, Kareem gets the number one all-time, does that make him the GOAT? What's he got to do to be the GOAT?
5: You know, you know, every everyone talks about um when LeBron passes Kareem, does that make him the GOAT? I don't think him becoming the number one scorer makes him any more of the GOAT than he already is. I think what what I don't like to get into is like, oh, is LeBron the GOAT over Michael Jordan? No, LeBron is a GOAT, and Michael Jordan's a GOAT. And they're both incredible, and they've never played against each other. So how can we ever settle that? Like, it's all subjective, and I hate that in sports. Like, no no one's running around talking about, well, Google's a better company than Apple, or Apple's a better company than Amazon. No, we all just appreciate those companies for what they bring to this world. But yet we get in sports, and we get in basketball, and it got to be LeBron James against Michael Jordan as the GOAT and who's the best? They're both incredible. They're both great. They're both goats. So to get into this whole thing of, like, Is he above this guy or not? No, they both goats in their own right, and I appreciate and respect those guys for that. And I don't really want to get off into who's better or who's not. They both are incredible in different eras. I think you can appreciate uh, particular things about both of their journey, and they're different from each other. You know, you can appreciate how LeBron has been able to do this for 19 seasons. This man is leading the NBA in scoring. In his 19th season, you can appreciate my MJ taking off a year and a half or two or whatever it was and coming back and running off three more championships. That's incredible. And so when, when talking about the gold and which one is, like, man, that's bullshit. Like, I respect both of those guys. I appreciate both of those guys. And at some point, I hope this world of basketball I'll catch up and appreciate
4: that as well.
1: horsepower farther visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
5: Man, this is becoming a show. You you, got to be like doing your thing to come on this show, man. I'm honored to welcome this next guest, Uh, three-time All-Star, freshman of the year at the University of Florida, all SEC first team, all freshman first team. Uh, National Gatorade Player of the Year in 2011 in high school. But this guy can't, went on to be the number three draft pick in my draft class, matter of fact, which I must tell him I'm still pissed off about. Everybody who got drafted before me, I'm still upset at, and he is one of them. Nonetheless, he is one of the guys that did validate that he was supposed to be before me. And I'm cool with that. I can live with that. But there's some guys on there that shouldn't have been before me. This is not one of those guys. You know, so I am honored to welcome this next guest, three-time All-Star, Brad Bill. What's up, my brother?
0: Dre, it's a pleasure. It is a pleasure, my brother. How you feeling?
5: i, I- I'm feeling great, man. I appreciate you coming on. We you know, we we've been having this streak of all stars and hall of famers and you know, like real guys. So I'm I'm I think I'm starting to get to the point now where like, man, if you ain't got no accolades, I don't know if you can come on the show. I got Brad Bill on the show, we doing it.
0: You know, it's funny you you was mentioning my accolades and all that, but in the draft class, and one thing I always admire about you is that you keep that chip on your shoulder about everybody that was drafted ahead of you. Andre, you're it's way steeper than everybody else in our draft class, bro. So
5: <laughs> we trying to catch up. I appreciate up to you, near me. <laughs>
0: you already know that.
5: <laughs> I appreciate that, you bro. No, honestly, honestly, I still, I still think back to that draft class and like I'll keep it all the way G with you. I go through it all the time. And I'm like, nah, these guys ain't before me. Like, there's a there's a few guys in this draft class who I'm like, all right, like, no problem. It's yeah. you, it's Dame, it's A D. But then you get much deeper than that and I ain't, <laughs> I ain't going much further than that, you know what I'm saying? Like you know those three guys I I can right. respect. I respect the work put in, I respect the resumes, you know what I'm saying? Guys really doing it. And but it was a lot of guys in that draft who I I didn't think they should have been before me that night and I for damn sure don't think they should be before me now.
0: Listen. So, you yeah. showing it every night so I ain't listen. We already know how they work. <laughs> we know. How Absolutely.
5: It, like, I appreciate it, bro. No, but, uh, first off, how you feeling? Obviously, uh, you had the wrist injury. How, how is your recovery going with that?
0: So it's been good. I had wrist surgery literally on a deadline day. So February 10th, I had wrist surgery. Um, it's been four weeks since then I just got my cast changed out. I got another six weeks in this cast. So it's going to be 10 weeks total. I'll be in the cast, get the screws out hopefully around April 20th, mid April. Um, and then after that, I'm good to go. I'm back rehabbing. Hopefully, another month after that, just getting the strength back in the hand. Um, and then I would say about May, June, I should be, I should be back to to myself. So it's been good. There's been no setbacks, no problems. You know, it's just getting used to being around, walking around, doing everything with mm-hmm. the Cavs. Luckily, it wasn't my shoot hand, so I'm good.
5: Absolutely, and, and and speaking of that, obviously, you know, most guys. Like I, I've never hit free agency, uh, and to be quite honest with you, I've I've never wanted to, um, you know. But for most guys, you know, you get injured during a contract year, and and you don't know what the hell going to happen. Obviously, your situation is different. We all know who Brad Bill is. We all know what Brad Bill is bringing to a team, and there will be twenty nine other teams knocking at your door. If your one team did, if your team that you're on didn't want you due to injury, mm-hmm. that's not quite the case for you, but. And saying that, I think even for my, you know, for myself, I could speak from my own, um, from my own personal self. When you go through an injury, like, you know, anybody, I still have doubts of like, man, are they still going to want me? Like, did, did you have any of that once going through the injury or, or the whole time where you just like, no, nah, I'm all right. Like, I know what I bring and I'll be fine.
0: No, I never had that mindset. You know, uh, we always know that, you always keep it in the back of your mind that it's a business, you know, teams are going to Mm -hmm. operate the way that they fit best. Um, but we always had constant communication between the front office and I. So like, it was never no, no BS. It was nothing, you know, under the table, nothing that I didn't know about, or, you know, something that, Oh, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to hold our extension that we have now on the table, you know, because you got injured. Like the extension is still on the table right now. And then, you know, they never said anything about moving me at the deadline either. So the constant communication was there. That's what I respected. Um, but like you said, not everybody gets to be in that position, you know, so I'm definitely, mm-hmm. fortunate. you know, to put the work in and, and to be fortunate enough to be in a position I'm in now to kind of have a little bit more control in that.
5: Absolutely. And, you know, speaking of, of the extension and free agency talk. Obviously, uh, you have a player option going into next season, which is always the best. I actually got my first player option on this deal. I didn't have one on last deal. Mm-hmm. I really didn't even know it was a possibility last time. But I got a player option on this deal, which is always the best. I think, you know, it's it's, it's protection for the player. If, right. if you're having a shit season, then you opt in. If you're having a great season and you got a market, you opt out. And so I think that's a great position to be in. But obviously, there's been a lot of talk around you and your situation. I actually respect what Washington has done and not making you a part of trade talks and 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 um, telling you that they're not shopping you at all. Because the reality is that's a risk for mm-hmm. a team to take what you were the player option and you can possibly walk for nothing. Right. Now, we hear the rumors all the time. We hear just yesterday or two days ago, we heard that the Heat wants you really bad. What's been your mindset about going into this next free agency, I mean, if, if you decide to opt out because you you
0: haven't been in this position either. Exactly. So it's just like you. Like, I just, I'm kind of embracing everything, right? So, like, mm-hmm. I'm not upset about the rumors. I'm not upset about, you know, teams wanting me. Like, that's I feel like that's a good thing, right? We, we put mm-hmm. in the work and, you know, we're wanted by a lot of people, not just where we're at. You know what I'm saying? And I think that just speaks volumes to the type of players we are and, you know, what we're able to do onto the floor, you know, on and off the floor mm-hmm. and the impact we can have. And so for me, I just embrace it all. Like, I know it's it's a lot of noise. I know it can be distracting at times, but I always had a bunch of OGs and a lot of people who I've had a lot of teammates. This is my 10th year where I've had a lot of teammates in and out, you know, so mm-hmm. they are telling me, you know, what it's like at other places, you know, compared to where I am, you know, so I kind of get that feel and I get a little bit of that interest, but you know, just like I know, it's nothing better than you know grinding it out and kind of doing it on your own, you know. And I also love and respect the fact that Washington, like you said, hasn't been shopping I me. Mean, they're not saying, "Oh, you know, we're out listening to what teams are like." As soon as they call, they're hanging up the phone, right? So, like, I respect that part of it, you know. Um, and and it's kind of funny, like I've I've never been a free agent. It's kind of reminded me of college recruiting. Like I hear every single game, somebody's recruiting me, somebody's like tagging on me, like right? whether it's a Another player, whether it may be a coach or whoever it may be, like some, you know, somebody's chit chatting, like, mm-hmm. be what you want to do this summer, what you're doing to summer. So it's been, I embrace it, bro. Like I don't shy from it. Like I love the fact I have constant communication with Washington. So I know what's going on. There's no, there's no gimmicks, right? We know which path we're going down and we're making the moves to do that. And it's a matter of if I'm comfortable, like I've never been in a position to where, okay, I hold all the chips, I can really make any decision I want.
5: Hmm. I and I think that's incredible. Uh, to you know, to be in that position, like you said, that everyone isn't afforded that opportunity. Most guys in this league never experience that feeling, you know, and, and have that opportunity to kind of control their own destiny. But I know you've gone on record a million times. Um, you know, even when we we've talked uh, several times, you've always spoke about like, you know, I, I want to stay in Washington. It's home for me. They drafted me. But my question to you is, with with Washington never, with Washington never um, really attracting big free agents. Mm-hmm. You know, we're now in the tenth year of our career, and, and it was actually one of the things that I went through uh, with our management last year, and just constant conversations we were having about like, hey, you got you have me, Steph, and Clay, um, who's been here, I mean, ten years for me, eleven for Clay, thirteen for Steph. Right. You have Andre, who left for a couple of years. you have Looney, that's really been here, you know, through the through the run that we had. Right. What – and and then – and so we're kind of in this position where we're like, yo, we got – we have two first-round draft picks, right? Mm-hmm. And so with the two first-round draft picks that we had, um, I'm like, you know, what are we doing? Because – and, and I, I actually said it publicly earlier this year, like the mixture of young guys – and old guys, or I don't think we're old, but, you know, experienced right. guys, it's never worked. So so what are we doing? And right. they're like, no, nah, I think we got the right mix and it can work. And I'm like, I don't know if this can work. Like, we've never seen this work. This has always been a disaster. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, it's it's been working for us. But how do you view that? Like, um, as far as you're in your 10th year, do you see a certain type of guys that Washington need to bring in around you? Because – I mean, building through the draft, like y'all been y'all been on the fringe of the playoffs and I know you want to compete. And so building through the draft, it may not necessarily fit your timeline. So how are you viewing that? Are you looking around like, yo, we need to bring these guys in in order to compete? Or are you okay with that building through the draft process that y'all kind of been stuck in a little bit?
0: Right, and that's, that's kind of, where we've been, right? We've always been a team that's kind of been right in the middle of the pack, right in limbo, right? We're either Mm -hmm. a few, like we're either a player away or a few possessions away from being a top four seed or, you know, a bottom eight seed, you know? So Mm -hmm. that's kind of always been our downfall. And then you look at it as like, and when you're drafting in that, you're drafting from you know, mid late lottery, you know, so those are guys Mm -hmm. you're more or less developing versus guys that you're expecting to come in and really make a drastic impact right away. You know, on top of that, another frustrating thing is, like you said, we have never probably in the history been able to attract free agents. Right. Mm -hmm. DC is a great market. DC is a sport town. DC is an awesome city. Like DC should be desired. I think by a lot of Mm -hmm. teams, but I think it's, it's us shooting ourselves in the foot. We, when you don't, necessarily win, when you don't necessarily always have a positive light coming out of your locker room, because we've had history of negativity and all that BS coming out Mm -hmm. of our locker room. So that plays a factor. Um, So it's just, when you have all, like all the little things that don't add up to being, you know, an elite team, like teams would expect, then you, you're not necessarily going to get those free agents. Right. So that's where we have to explore the trade markets. We got to explore the draft class. And I know a lot of our moves have to be made via trade. Like we got to explore some of the options that we ended up drafting guys that we ended up picking up. Sometimes we can't give them extensions because we got to move on and try to get something else, you know? So that's kind of Mm -hmm. been our position. Do I love it? Not necessarily Um, because, you know, you always want some type of stability. You want, you need to have your core. You know, once you have your Mm -hmm. core established, you can find you know guys that you can plug into your system and just take off and run. You know, so it's a little bit of both. You know, we're we're still finding that core. Um, We we have a mix of a few vets, like we just picked up Porzingis in a trade. We got rid of some some guys and we added KP, and you know we got some we got some size. But now we need to, like Mm -hmm. you said, we need to add some experience. We got to have some some guys who. Who've been in those wars before to propel us? You know, Absolutely. when it's playoff time, they know what to expect.
5: Absolutely, no. I th- I think that's very important, and that's kind of you know that's kind of the space we've been in in the last couple months. Where I went out, you have Clay coming back from injury. So he's Clay's been out for two and a half years. The one thing I tried to stress to him before coming back, like yo, just be aware, like, and don't be shocked by once you come back, the league is totally different. It's like, oh, like I, I even told him, I said, I know one of the things you're going to struggle with is everybody nowadays shoot threes, and and I know you, Clay. Like you're going to look at some guys and you're going to be like, "Yo, is are you serious?" And it's, it's yeah. in, in the league now. It's not like yo know, some guys just catching the spotting up. It's mm-hmm. like it's legitimately like, uh. John Smith will walk, walk into a three now. And I was trying to tell him, like, it's a totally different league from when you left. Make sure that you're aware of that and you're ready to adjust. And so I said all of that to say, we've kind of been in this space now of lacking experience due to the injuries. And so you got guys with experience going out, and now you there's there's the rest of our squad who don't have – quite as much experience. And so we've been working through that. And I love the way guys have been working through it, like putting their head down and just trying to figure it out. But it's yeah. it's a tough thing when you got guys that don't have much experience to lean on.
0: It's a tough task and it's a totally different transition of the game. Like when we got drafted, we had two bigs planned. you remember? Mm-hmm. It was two bigs. Yes. Four, five. Two back to yep. the backs, bigs planned. Right now Absolutely. you might have, you better hope you have one legit big on the floor. Absolutely. Right? And, and to see that transition, like I had, I had a Mecca, Okafor, and Nene as my bigs, right? Then that transitions mm-hmm. to Nortide and Nene, right? And so mm-hmm. now I have those two bigs. Then we transition to these stretch fours and all these, that's when the evolution of you came in and you really, you changed the game in that fashion. You changed the game in that oh. fashion as a point <laughs> forward, right? You changed I the game in that fashion, stretching the floor, being able to, not clog up the paint and create driving lanes for the guards. Like mm-hmm. that evolution of the game transitions so quickly, and then it, you know it's a copycat league. Everybody wants the copycat, which y'all did. And it's Absolutely. so funny because I know that y'all laugh at it and look at like, dang, like everybody's <laughs> trying it, but you don't have the personnel to do it, right? You don't. <laughs> you you, <laughs> you don't have the personnel to do it, right? You ain't. Get, you don't have none of this. And it's just Absolutely. so great to see that transition of how we came in to where we are now. And that's just a testament to what you said earlier. Like, the older guys that's now being more mature, being older vets. Mm-hmm. Like, and now seeing the transition of younger guys coming into it's a, just a totally different, totally different game and totally different expectation. It's crazy.
5: It's insane. I had to have a conversation with our team a couple of weeks ago, and I was just telling them, like, like, like don't go – like, making sure guys don't get caught up in the thinking, like, yo, I'm a vet. You know, like, years of service don't make you a vet. Like, like it's kind of one of those things that, like, when you you know, when you know. You know what I'm saying? I was telling them, like, I really, j- I'm in my 10th year. I really just became a vet this just year. Like, right, yeah. Like, and you know what I'm saying? two years ago, I felt like I was thrusted into it. Once every, Steph was hurt, Clay was out, KD left. Andre was gone. Sean was gone. And it went from like, I always say it went from the little brother who would sometimes get mad and Sean or Andre would be like, all right, stop. That's enough. Like, like, that's enough. To like, all of a sudden, I'm the older guy that's like, I'm supposed to tell somebody that's enough now. And I've always led but leading and being a vet is two totally different things. And I mm-hmm. struggled with it mightily. The game, this season, we won 15 games. Everybody's out there, everybody's out the, uh, out in the world talking about, oh, Draymond's playing bad. Uh, he's not scoring a basketball. Meanwhile, I'm going in every game trying to figure out how do I lead these young guys how as do, a vet? How like, do
0: I lead these guys, right?
5: I'm not even right. thinking about anything else. And so right. I understood how hard it was. And like now this year, I finally feel like I'm making a transition and understanding it, but it's a weird transition to go from the young guys to now you're the elder stakesman showing everybody.
0: This is a great point because everybody loves to assume that your best player, or the best scorer is the leader and, and the vet of the team. And that's not always mm-hmm. the case. Right. And absolutely. A lot of us, we take on that, that leadership role, because we naturally have that leadership the leadership qualities, right? But when it comes to being a vet, like that's a lot of stuff even outside of hoops, right? Teaching the young people about the game, teaching them how you know to be on time, what to do, teaching them about the financial game. Like it's it's just so much that you have to pump into and kind of mentor. That you become a whole Absolutely. mentor to your teammates. Yes. And the biggest thing I never understood was the impact of like the little things, right? Just going, like, I'll walk through the locker room and if I don't speak to a young guy, he may think I'm pissed off at him. Like, Mm -hmm. and just not understanding the power and that just the, that you have in speaking to one of your young fellas, right? Just the the Mm -hmm. power that you have, the impact that that goes. And it's just, it's just so much bigger than just the game, right? The game is- it's easy for us. Like, we can we can do that all day. We can lead you all day, tell you what to do all day. But everything outside of that and being a man within the game, you know, understanding mm-hmm. the business aspect of it, understanding the coaches, playing time if you are or you're not, like, that's a whole, whole different
5: ballgame. 100%. I think for us, one of the things that we have to understand is the guys who are coming in the league now, so we're in year 10. So you figure even next year, Let's go to next year's draft class. We'll be in year eleven. If you think the eleven years ago, for a nineteen-year-old coming into the league, they were eight years old. So the thing that we have to understand now is like these kids, these these young guys, literally grew up watching us play, yeah. and so there's also that shock factor of walking in like, yo, like. I'm 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 sitting in the locker room. I am sitting next to Brad Bill. Man, I watched this dude growing up, like Steph Curry. Like, you come in the locker room and you're next to Steph Curry. For some of these young guys, it's like, and, and we don't take that into account because you are Brad Bill, because that is Steph Curry. And we don't take into account, like, when I came into the league, I saw Kobe. I was starstruck. I saw Grant Hill, them two guys I was starstruck by. I was starstruck. You're now that you're you're now that guy. You're now Kobe and Grant Hill, mm. and these young kids are like the young Draymond that's sitting there watching Kobe whole whole pregame workout like, like that's where we at now. And it's a crazy thing to try to wrap your mind around.
0: That's a big blessing, bro. Because I even just sit at games now, like I'm out, and I'll be sitting on the bench, and I'll see a kid with my jersey on, and it's like I never I never would have. I never would have dreamt that, like, mm-hmm. ever, right? And just to see that, like, that is so—that's amazing, right? And that—that's just motivation to just keep going, keep going, keep going. But facts, it—it it is nothing like being in the position we in. Like, we—we are—we have the best job in the world. We not asked to do a lot, mm-hmm. and and we do it at a high level, bro. Like, this is—is—is is nothing like it. It's nothing like it.
5: Fact, no, for sure. Uh, I gotta ask you this question, um, more so for the fans that don't quite understand um, when guys stay with, because you're starting to get to the point now where media is such a big thing, where mm-hmm. where you're starting to get to the point now where some guys are now criticizing guys for actually staying with their team. See, yeah. you had this kind of shift of like guys lead their team and the media dragged them through the mud. You mm-hmm. actually just faced some of it this past year yep. where you stay with a team now and and, and people are criticizing you before the for the average fan that doesn't know like for and for Brad Bill to stay with the Washington Wizards. He can sign a 5 year and I'm only saying this I don't count nobody pockets but I'm only saying this because it's public information. But for Brad Bill to stay with the Washington Wizards, he can sign a five-year, $242 million deal this summer. For if Brad Bill was to leave and go to another team, he can sign a four-year, $179 million deal. Well, Mm -hmm. why is that? Because you have bird rights, and the team that you've been with for two or three years, two years, I think you get early bird, two or three years, years they own your bird rights, and they can pay you more. They can give you that extra year on a deal. The percentage increase on your last year salary goes up, and yeah. so that that I mean, seventy nine to that twenty one, that's sixty three million dollar difference. That has to matter. Where does that matter for you in your process? Like I know you've made a bunch of money. You are going to make a bunch more money. What are you? Twenty eight? Yes, sir. Like twenty eight. So even if you sign a five year, you are thirty three. You got another four year deal. Like so, you, the money. <clears throat> People say the money isn't a thing, but $63 million is $63 million. I don't care how much money you'd have made.
0: Yeah, Dre, we know it's 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 really tough because, like you say, you do get criticized for for what for what you do, right? For staying in your situation and and doing what you feel is best, right? And if you took a survey. Right, and you ask any anybody, random person on the street if they would sign this deal, everybody and their mama is going to say, Yes, I'm
5: signing, signing
0: the deal. Right, but like I tell a lot of people around me too, like I'm also not in the same position as those people. I have money now, that's a fact. That's right, a fact. Like, I've, I've made a lot of money in my career, um, and I'm blessed and fortunate to make even more, right, and so. But I have, for the first time, like you said, I have the opportunity to be in control of what I would like to do. And Mm -hmm. it's, like you said, it's a business at the end of the day. I have to have that understanding with Washington that we are in the pursuits of winning, right? That is is my destination and goal. The money is awesome. Yes. Granted, when we grew up playing Dre, we played the game to make a lot of money. We played the game. Yes to take care of our family. Like that, absolutely. get it twisted. Like we all, that is still in the back of our head. We That is priority number one, taking care of yourself. Making sure that you get every dollar that you possibly can make and that you feel comfortable with doing. But there also comes with, when you make that money, you want to win ball games. You want to be able to play for right. sex. Right? right? I want to play in meaningful games. Right? I want to be playing mm-hmm. in late June. That's what I want, mm-hmm. right? I and, want to And I, I that
5: think hockey. people don't understand that.
0: Yeah, and it's and I think people don't understand that I want to do that here. Like, mm-hmm. like what? And, and my mindset is like, okay, why can't I do it here? There's a mm-hmm. lot of other teams that are out here doing. Five. Right, ten, five, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. You wouldn't have said that about them six years ago, five years ago, three years ago. Right, even Memphis now. Memphis is making noise. Phoenix, same thing. Like teams are doing it.
1: Teams are doing it.
0: Teams that were, we talking first round picks. I mean, Mm -hmm. (laughs) number one picks. Like so, it's it's possible for teams to do, and it's possible to go on those runs. And not all those teams have two, three, four all stars. That's a fact. They develop their guys, right? Mm -hmm. They. They're putting in, they're putting in, they're putting the pieces together. Like, so it's a possibility and it's, I mean, shoot me if you want, but that's my mindset. Like, I have that mindset. I want to do it here, but. For sure. There also comes a point, Dre, that you also know that it becomes a business. And if you feel like the stars aren't aligned with that, then everybody's going to do what's best for them, regardless of what the money is.
5: 100% and you've earned that right to do it there or do it elsewhere if that's what you decide. <clears throat> and I think, you know, and speaking of, you know, like you said, the survey and everybody will take that money. The thing people don't understand is when you getting your ass kicked every day, and, <laughs> like, and don't get me wrong, making the money is great, but when you get your ass kicked every day and you making that money, you don't feel good about yourself. Like, yeah. no one, no one leaves the game Unless you found a complete loser, because there are losers that get paid in this league. And that's that, another problem, because if you mm-hmm. leave the game laughing, then it's yes.
0: all you don't give a damn about the game. Oh, you don't yep. give a damn. Oh, well, he just collects his chicken. He just collects his chicken and just moves about his debt.
5: hmm
0: So you in a lose, you're in a lose-lose situation. 100%. 100%. Like... Lose-lose.
5: 2020 was one of the worst years of, I mean... 2019, 2020 season, I was miserable. Like, at that point in time, up and, like, now it's more. But at that point in time, I was making the most money I had ever made in my life. And I was as miserable as I had ever been. Getting our ass kicked every day. Like, walking into the gym, like, oh, we losing today. day. Oh, man, you going, you, you walk in the gym and, like, you playing, like, a... Trash team and like oh we you know, we can win this one today, but you get that feeling maybe three games out of the year, it's terrible <laughs> and I don't think people I don't think people really understand how the effect that losing has on you. Like oh, it's not just about the money.
0: Yeah, it has a, it has a drastic effect on you, bro. And maybe it's my competitive spirit to want to change that. And mm-hmm. maybe I need to fall on my head to maybe wake up when I don't know, <laughs> but. Oh, for sure. We definitely have, like, that's just a competitive spirit to just want to pursue that. Like, everybody wants to win. That's the goal. Yeah. That Mm -hmm. is the goal. 100%. And granted, only one team get to do it. And that's where I think my confusion sometimes in my own head gets caught into why I don't just jump the gun. Right, because no,
5: for sure. Everybody go through that though.
0: For sure. For sure. Everybody and go through that. It's it is I love being in a position I'm in because I have the advice from my peers. And then I have the competitive spirit of me as well, just like wanting to compete against all y'all. Right. Mm-hmm. I have desires to hell play with everybody. For sure. You know that. Mm-hmm. Like, it is. Absolutely. That would be remarkable. Like, the USA team, that was one of the most fun experiences ever. Just being around so many elite guys sacrificing to who, right? Everybody's mm-hmm. good. Everybody's really good. Oh, for I sure. want to be. I, I would, speaking of that. Trust and believe, I would love to be in around environment around KD, Dre, Steph, and, and going hard winning games. That would, What? Who wouldn't? Yeah, absolutely. Who wouldn't? But it's also just as fun to compete against that team as well. When there's that's, so many elite guys, you compete in, like that's a that brings the best out of you.
5: That's that is true. That is true. <clears throat> Question, and you you've played with both of these guys, and switching gears just a little bit. Um, I think, in my opinion, there's now somebody challenging that. But in my opinion, you play with. Two of arguably the most athletic point guards that ever come through the NBA. Like I said, there's somebody in Memphis challenging that now. Uh, and no disrespect to D Rose as well. D., we all know D Rose was also Sorry. in that category as well. But we we got this young dude in Memphis challenging all of that right now, and he want all that smoke. He ain't ducking no wreck. <laughs> he carrying his guys. I got a lot of respect for the, for for Ja. But in playing with those in playing with those two guys, and it's two separate questions. Um one is a lot of people try to make it out to be you and John hated each other, which mm-hmm. I didn't which I didn't really appreciate, uh, because we are men, and if somebody hates each other, there's no need for me to hide it from y'all. I ain't got nothing to do with y'all. So I didn't like that people try to create that narrative. But <clears throat> where 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 did you stand as far as, like, the team moving on from John? Because, like, y'all were arguably the best backcourt in the league for years. I mean, y'all, too, Steph and Clay, um, James and CP. Like, you know, it's, it's been some backcourts in this league, and I thought y'all, too, were arguably one of the best. Um, how did that affect you? Like, I, that was the biggest trade, I mean, that you've gone through in your career. As far as someone around you being traded, how did that affect
0: you? It was tough, bro, because John is a brother, like still to this day. Mm-hmm. Like I pick up the phone call John if I need him, he here, right. and it's it's the same vice versa. And like you said, i we both hated that there was a picture painted that we didn't like each other and we didn't like playing mm-hmm. with each other. And us being young guys at the time, like, we didn't. We weren't mature enough to just have a conversation. We were kind of reading to it, right? And so it's just mm-hmm. kind of like a silent, like, dang, you feel like that? No, nah, he can't mm-hmm. feel like that. Until eventually we was like, all right, now, boom. Yo, bro, how you feeling? This how you feel? Nah. This is how you feel? Nah. So once we had that conversation, it was just, okay, that's dead, right? And it's just noise to kind of get us rattled, to get us off our track, right? I loved playing with John. Like John, I say to this day, is the best passer I've played with. He's probably the fastest guy I've played with with the ball. And his ability, his athleticism, his ability to be able to pass while running so fast to the corner, being able to find guys, like, was night and day. Right? And the toughest part when we moved on from him, was he was injured. Right. The toughest part was there was some stuff that went on in the summer that front office didn't necessarily abide by. And they just we they were like, okay, we got it, we're done. Right, we're done. And so it kind of it was out of my hands because Mm I I was coming to camp thinking, you know, John's ready to go. Right. Mm -hmm. Boom. Next day he's gone. And so that was very tough and emotional because he never came back from the injury and we never got a chance for us to play. When John first Mm -hmm. went down, that was the first chance for me to really blossom into like who I feel like I've grown into today. Right. Absolutely. In in a modern game, right. I've become more of a ball handler, putting the ball on the floor, shooting off the dribble more Mm -hmm. so than coming off pin downs, catch and shoot, like I did my first five years. Absolutely. Granted, it's unfortunate John went down, but it gave me a a chance to play point, to run more Mm -hmm. ball screens, high pick and rolls, to be able to facilitate understand how defenses guard and how to manipulate them, how to score easier. And he ended up missing, I think he got hurt like December and missed the rest of that year, then missed the whole year the next year, and I had, I literally had a year to myself to operate, mm-hmm. and and just kind of learn, right? And I went through double teams. When John first went down, I got double teamed. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to mm-hmm. handle it. And so, literally, the next year, I had a whole year to adjust, and boom, score thirty a game, right? And it was just like, Absolutely. okay, I I get it. Like I understand it. Like I'm ev- now I'm evolving. Right. And so that summer, I'm like, boom, I've changed. Like I'm way better than what I was when we were younger playing Boston in 16, 17 and lost in the second round. Mm-hmm. Way better player than that. Right. <laughs> and I knew John was was pretty much climbing to his prime right around this time. So mm-hmm. I'm we're, I'm like, well, I'm a new newly tuned up player waiting on this athletic. Freaking nature to come back like let's give it one more shot let's give it one more shot Spikes. but absolutely we never I would say that was one thing that if I can go back I wish we could have had but we moved on and we moved into Russ Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so it was a situation to where yes I was frustrated you know my brother's gone but I understood who we were gaining Mm-hmm. Right, I understood who Russ was, and this is an MVP we're getting, right? right. And there's no disrespect to John. But Russ is one MVP. Russ is – you know how Russ play. Russ is
5: mm-hmm.
0: – he is balls to the wall every single night. He is going hard. Every night. Every single night. Back. And for me, I've learned a lot from that because every single night, we don't always want to bring it. We yeah, don't always- That's a fact. Fight, that's right. Fact. We, we, we tired some nights. We banged up a lot of nights. We, you know, whatever the case may be, we dealing with something, you know, mentally, family, whatever the case may be. I've literally seen this dude lace him up and play as hard as he possibly could every mm-hmm. single night, bro. And he pushed me. Come on, all I kept hearing all year was, come on, B, keep going, B, keep going, B, keep going. B. Keep going. And I never understood that drive. I'm like, how does he do this? How does he do this? But being in the fire with him, being around him on a day to day, seeing how he prepared, he up at six in the morning, getting work done on his body, going in late, doing the same thing. Like, I'm like, okay, that's why. Mm -hmm. That's why. No,
5: For sure. I I also want to ask a follow-up question on Russ. Like you said, the way he play hard, the way he get ready on a nightly basis for all of these years, I have the utmost respect for. Um, That motor that he has is a skill, and I don't think people give that skill enough credit. But having a motor is a skill. Two things. Number one is there's this notion of the way Russ plays to the outside world that Russ is a bad teammate. What I've heard is from everybody who's played with him is he's one of the best teammates they've ever had. Can you talk about Russ as a teammate, and then how do you feel about all the slander that he's getting this year, as if he' not fucking Russell Westbrook?
0: That shit pisses me off. I ain't gonna lie, bro. It it really, it really frustrates me because, especially being a guy that played with him now, like the disrespect, guy. That shit gotta stop, bro. It's, it's ridiculous. Gotta stop because we acting like this man is not a Hall of Famer. Right, first ballot. Oh, first ballot. First of all, like, right. let's let's like the way he plays may not be your cup of tea. Facts. It may not be facts, and that's okay. Russ ain't gonna shoot a million threes. He's not. Nor should he. Nor should he. Russ is Why? Going, Russ is going to play winning basketball. Russ is going to go get rebounds. Russ is going to make assists. Russ is going to take advantage of matchups he feel like he can That's Russ. hmm And he's going to play 100 miles per hour. He's going to play hard. Absolutely. If that's not your cup of tea, don't watch him. He's been working his whole career. You're going to change him in year 14? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly. He was a That's fan been my thing. You were a fan of it six years ago, eight years ago? Facts. He played the same brand of basketball. He plays the same way. With every, exactly. every situation he's been in, he's played the same way. When Houston went to the conference finals, he played the same way. Was, mm-hmm. what is, there's no difference. What do you, that is, how are you going to change him? That's who he is.
5: Absolutely. I agree, 100%. I, I haven't, like, I haven't gotten with the slander. I don't, I, I can't understand it for the life of me. And it's people saying it, that, like, you have no business slandering Russell Westbrook. See, like, come on, man. Like, you got former players that weren't that good slandering Russell Westbrook. And I, I, I just don't understand it. But, you know, I could talk about this all all day. I could talk to you all day. But. I got one last question for you. Mm -hmm. And that is, and he's having such an amazing year, especially as of the last couple months. But uh, I think it's well-documented and well-known, your relationship with JT, Jason Tatum, for those of y'all that don't know who JT is. Um, I've had the opportunity over the course of the summer and over the course of the last couple years, but really over this summer, to really get to know him. And... It was big for me because you you see this guy who is, like, young and and yet he's now been doing it at this level since he, for five years now, since he came in, four or five years since he came into the league. And you can get it twisted or like, oh, he's one of us. You know what I'm saying? And we're at the Olympics, and I'm just sitting and talking to him, and then some of the questions he would ask, I'm like, yo, this dude is a baby, man. Like, he like this dude is a baby. But you, th- you don't think that because he's so good and he's on the level that we are on, all stars producing, like, and you just like, or shit, in some cases ahead of the level, you know, like, and you just like, man, you tend to think like, no, he's just one of us. But the reality is he's a baby. And I've got an opportunity to know him. I've got an opportunity to build a relationship with him. And it's one that I cherish. I, I cherish relationships. But the And I'm so excited the way he's playing because him and Jay Brown went through a lot of, uh, especially this last year and a half, a lot of stuff like you and John went through it. Like, oh, they can't work together, this, that. You got these people trying to create turmoil against them. And they figuring it out. And it, and it, it makes me happy. But... Just want to really get your thoughts on 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 JT the season he's having and where do you see him going um, in his career? Like, what's that next step for him to take?
0: Man, it's crazy. A lot of people don't know, but a lot of people do know that we grew up together. So we both from St. Louis. We both went to the same high school. Moms know each other like whole nine. And mm-hmm. I would always tell Jason when he was younger, "You're gonna be a million times better than me." A million, like, and to see it happening as fast as it is is really crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's very crazy, right? And to see the success he has, like you said, like I forget that he's as young as he is. Absolutely crazy. He's he's been around me forever, right? I've I've known Jay since he was in diapers. I've known him forever. And to see him now, he got a, he got more. I, I'm barely growing my beard, Dre. My my shit sh- don't even connect. Jay got a full beard, like. And to see him, to see him, to see him growing to this this young man, bro. He's the next face of the league, and I told him that that is your goal. Mm-hmm. Like he has a he has a great support system. He got a lot of people that push him around him, and that uplift him. Mom being number one. Mm-hmm. But I always tell them, Jay, you are the face of this league, bro. You have that opportunity to be the face of this league. Like, don't shy away mm-hmm. from no endorsement. Don't shy away from no 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 money throwing your way. Whatever the league want to say they do, for, do it. Mm-hmm. This is your league, bro. That's like, fun. you already playing at this elite level. You need to be getting your name into these MVP talks every year. Like because you have that ability, like that—that's his projection. That is his projection. Like
5: one hundred percent,
0: that's his projection.
5: I agree. I agree one hundred percent. It's funny, I, which I wish you could have gone with us, and you know, and we'll get out of here. But <clears throat> even on the team, like obviously, you know, on our team, the USA team, KD was the guy. Like, yeah. but you can see, like, next up is him. And there were games where Kay lent to him like, "Hey man, come on now, like you you got to take it now and, and clockwork, boom boom boom." And I'm just like, "Yo, this dude got it, man." But it's it's so great to see, bro. I got to run to this game. I appreciate you coming on the show, man. It means a lot. Michael Levine asked me the other day, like, "How are you getting guys on the show?" Like they're Up my here. brothers, you, man. They're <laughs> my brothers. <laughs> I, I appreciate you, brother. Good. Get healthy, bro. And I hope to see you soon, my dog. Actually, we'll be there in a couple days, so. Yeah, i we'll see you We're going
0: to yeah, break sir. bread, My man.
5: No doubt. All right, love, bro. Love, bro. Man, thank you to Brad. Appreciate Brad coming on the show, um, sharing his outlook um, on his injury, his views on free agency, his thoughts on John Wall, on Russell Westbrook. There's not many guys that can say they played with those two point guards, caliber point guards, all-star level, MVP level, extremely athletic point guards and, and talk about the differences in between them. I thought that was super dope. I appreciated that. One of my hopes from that interview is that everyone took away what they needed to take away about Russell Westbrook and how the work that he puts in and what he gives to this game and the, the slander coming from, like the reality is If Russell Westbrook is not the player that he once was, but he was up until year 14, I think that is fucking amazing, man. And we get into all this TV stuff and, and like, destroying this, man. You got fans coming to the game calling that man Westbrook. Like, if you and Russell Westbrook had a shooting competition, he'd take your life savings. But you come to the game because you see something at such a high level. And you come to the game and call this man Westbrook. He he'd literally take your life savings if you got into a shooting contest with him. So I really appreciated that that part of the interview. I hope everyone else did as well. Um, until next week, it's been real. Make sure you guys like, review, and subscribe to the podcast, and also subscribe to the Volumes YouTube channel so you can catch all the content. Make sure share with your friends. We want to keep bringing y'all. Good vibes, good news, good conversation. That's what we're all about here. So until next week, love, peace, and hair grease. I'm out.